me up until the morning That ain't your car, you just a Lisa, you don't own it If I'm in the club, I got that fire when I'm performing The back end just came in and all honest Fives galore, cute shit, they all on us I'm from Atlanta where young niggas run shit I know they hating on me, but I don't read comments Whenever I tell her to come, she comes Whenever it's smoke, we ain't running Drip too hard, don't stand too close You gon' fuck around and drown off this way Doing all these shows, I've been on the road I don't care where I go, long as I get paid Yo, 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 yo. Oh, baby. We're renaming this podcast, Ben. It's Amari's Will Be Coopers. <laughs> He's here. We're here. We got that. Uh, this is Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. This is Boys Will Be Boys. Welcome to another edition of your favorite Cowboys podcast. What a weird week, Ben. Just a uh, shitty loss. Followed by just a very controversial decision on the Monday of the bye week. Um, I'll say this. We're probably having a pretty shitty week coming off this weekend. Not as shitty a week as Bryce Butler. Uh, this is a guy who talked yeah, a lot of shit. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. He's talking shit on the way out the door. Gets cut by the Cowboys. Goes to Zona. Gets cut off a team that I literally don't think that... <laughs> I, they may be the worst team I've ever seen in football. <laughs> if they play the Giants, I think that the game might just get canceled at halftime. The NFL might just be like, we're not putting that product on television. So Bryce gets cut from the, the Cardinals, comes back to the Cowboys, doesn't even play. I mean, did he play a snap? I don't know. I never saw him on the field. Um, <laughs> He had two targets this year, apparently. Okay, didn't see those. Um, <laughs> so he's on his way back. On a plane from D.C., Cowboys played the team from Washington this weekend. We'll get to that. He we will get to that. News spreads through the plane that the Cowboys have traded for Oakland Raiders wide receiver Amari Cooper. Bryce gets off the plane. He is cut at the airport as they arrive. Did we fly back Monday? Yeah, they flew back Monday. Mm. Interesting. Um, they stayed to do like a museum tour. They did the National Afri- African American History Museum. They did the Lincoln Memorial. They did like a whole That's DC pretty cool. tour thing. It was pretty real cool. tight. It was real tight. And like good, the good field trip for the gang up in Washington. Definitely. Um, I was listening to some some Cowboys beat writers talk about how like they were like everything was like really happy and fun until they got to the National African American History Museum and it just got like super serious and heavy and they said it was a really moving experience and the whole team like really bonded over it so I was like that's pretty tight. Um, I'm sure LVE was just like oh but gee Willikers look at all these colored fellas. Oh well gosh I didn't know your people had had it so bad Jalen. I mean we don't have any black people in <laughs> uh, the Idaho so uh ugh, sorry about that Jalen. But so anyway, so they're flying back Monday. Bryce get, finds out they've traded for Amari Cooper. He finds out he's cut at the airport. Then he assume we're assuming he drives home and then finds out on television that they've given his number to Amari Cooper. So he probably still has this uniform in his bag. And he's just like, well, not mine anymore. Shitty. Yeah, his number. Fuck Bryce Butler. Yeah, it is a bum. Um, so yeah, guys, we, we, uh, are, we do have a lot to get to today. Uh, we do, we are going to go through the Cowboys heartbreaking last second loss to the Washington R words. Uh, we are going to go through the ins and outs of the latest addition to your Dallas Cowboys, Amari Cooper. 
and we will preview uh, what's to come this bye week before we take on the Tennessee Titans in two Sundays. So let's get right to it. Ben, tell me, uh, you know, how, how was this game for you? Where'd you take it in? Oh, uh, so Saturday night, I was at a wedding of our dear friends, uh, Garrick and Jill. Shout out to our Raven friend, Garrick. Um, so I was feeling a little little slow Sunday morning. A little slow, little moving a little heavy. Too much dancing? Get your feet retired? Too much dancing, too much cake. You know? No, dude, you, uh, too much cake and a lot of dancing, man. Sore feet, <laughs> sore tummy. That's right. That's exactly why I didn't feel well. Um, so I went to Dallas with the little lady. Uh, you know, it was it was fine. It was a fun little date, fun little date. Um, I'm sitting there, you know, trying not to look at my phone the whole time to check fantasy because football hates me and I hate football goat. So. Agreed. Sitting there, then my sister texts me. Was like, "You want to come over and watch the game?" That's her actual voice. I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, so That's I cool. you recorded a soundbite of your sister to play on the <laughs> podcast. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I know she'll appreciate that. You know, so I went over there, watched it with my brother-in-law and sister and gal and uh, my little niece. So I was trying not to curse every other minute. Um, it was really aggravating until about the fourth quarter when I finally broke down and. Started the normal things, cussing out Jason, cussing out the O-line, um, cussing out our kicker, cussing out our penalties. Just kind of normal stuff, man, normal stuff. This one had it all, man. This had bad play by the boys, terrible coaching decisions, bad clock management, and then my personal favorite, bad calls by the referee. Mm. Boy, howdy. Nothing, a, a, real, a real vintage Dallas loss. You can have a Dallas loss without a controversial call. But is it really? That's like the little garnish on the top, you know. You can't, it's not a real Dallas Cowboys loss if it's not heartbreaking and just touched with a hint of controversy at the very end. Um, Where were uh, you at, my friend? Yeah, man, I was feeling pretty under the weather all weekend, so I unfortunately had to stick around in Austin. Uh, I watched it on my couch. It was pretty damn terrible from the very beginning uh i knew on that first drive and we'll get to these drives but first drive i i instantly knew we were in for one of those days um whenever the cowboys elect to receive and then the first drive goes poorly i just know I just know instantly dude this so, team is so freaking boring dude yeah yeah they are they are hard to watch man uh, so we came into this game uh, three and three. We were coming off of a huge win against Jacksonville. Um, we were playing Washington, who at the time was three and two. They were leading the division. The Eagles had lost earlier in the day. So Cowboys win this game. They got a stranglehold on the NFC East. Um, and they were trying to prove that they could win on the road. Um, a lot of things riding on this game. So Dallas decides to receive the ball first, which not a fan, but... Mm. Here we are. Um, first play, Zeke runs for four yards. Uh, and then Dak tries to go deep to Michael Gallup. First play. I like that. I like it. Uh, it was yeah. incomplete. Um, then uh, on third and six from the Dallas 29, Dak scrambles to the outside and gets 22 yards. This is a great play by Dak. <clears throat> You're thinking, man, like Dak's going to use his feet as a weapon. They're not prepared. We're going to do great. Unfortunately, and this would be the story of the day, 
The Cowboys got an absolute drive-killing penalty in the form of an offensive hold from Tyron Smith. Um, so 10-yard loss. It's third and 16. We do throw incomplete to Bryce Butler. There's a target. I told you. There he was. And so Make we're his presence felt. There you go. So three plays, negative six yards, and a punt. Um, man, this was just – it looked like – we had a chance to get rolling. You know, like if he hits this pass – to Gallup, I, I I don't know if that's correct. I want to I remember like it was Beasley who he missed, but um, he's you know incomplete pass, and then this beautiful twenty two yard scramble that would have just got things off on the right foot, um, and unfortunately, the penalty kills us. Tyron just did not look like himself at all this game. Well, no, he did it. I'm starting to wonder what looking like himself really means for Tyrone anymore. I'm not saying he's bad. He still gets decent grades, but it's not the first game this year we've seen Tyrone struggle, man. I, I got to say, this was a bad – let's just say this. This is a terrible game for the offensive line in general. Man, uh, coming off their best game against a good front four in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, I got to say this. I'm beginning to think that, you know, there was a lot of controversy this offseason. We cut Dez, cut Bailey. Um. You know, decisions were we made. didn't fire any of our coordinators. Very, very controversial decisions were made. I'm beginning to think that the worst mistake we made was bringing in Paul Alexander to be our offensive line coach. Um, the Cowboys have had immense success with a zone-blocking scheme over the last decade. They've dominated teams on the ground and in the trenches. And Paul Alexander came in here, switched the scheme, and this line has not looked like itself since. Um, when I did some research on this today for the podcast, I read a very interesting quote and they wouldn't attribute it to any one lineman because I think they were trying to keep the guy from getting in trouble. But at training camp, someone asked, what do you guys think about Paul Alexander? Um, and you know, what do you think about the switch and scheme? And the unnamed Dallas Cowboys offensive lineman said, he can talk. We're going to do what we do. So doesn't feel like they love this guy. And I got to say, it would shock me, unless we see a big turnaround, it would shock me if we see Paul back next season to be the offensive line coach, because this has been a disaster. Well, we switched with Cincinnati, who I remember when it happened being on Reddit, and many of the Cincinnati fans were questioning why we wanted this guy, how they've never been that happy with uh Really never been happy with his performance or their O-line's performance. So I thought that was a little weird. Um, I definitely think the O-line has unfortunately regressed or is at least not playing up to its bill. I mean, this is supposed to be a top. Yeah, I mean, they're breaking in new guys. There's a new scheme with a bad yeah. coach. I mean, are they, though? I mean, Frederick. This is still, you're missing. I know you're missing Frederick. You still have Tyrone Smith, and you still have Zach Martin, and you still Still have Lael, who was thought of of a first round talent. I mean, teams would kill for that alone. I know, let alone in a second rounder. I just say, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's not the line we thought they were going to be, but for people like teams would kill for this setup. It's not like they're sure. of talent. They're also let's also give the Reds, the Washington R words, some credit here. Their defensive line is very good. Deron yes. Payne is a very good player. Um, I can't believe I keep forgetting what's Austin the other. Allen? 
Yes, Jonathan Allen is a very good player. Bama boys. Kerrigan is a cowboy killer. For some reason, he's always on they us. He has the best uh, pro football focus grade of anybody in. Yeah, they played They played outrageously good, and we did not. And I think that that is, contributes significantly to it. So, yeah, they forced a three and out. Um, does not is a sign of bad things to come. Uh, the Redskins take over. Uh, on their own 48, but they get a neutral zone infraction by Taco Charlton right out the gate. Um, the Cowboys are right now averaging twice as many penalties and twice as many penalty yards on the road as they are at home. I don't know if that's a communication thing, the opponents they played, or what, but it's it definitely showed it. I mean, the road splits in general. Their last eight road games now, they're averaging a hair over 14 points a game, which is dead last in the NFL. Um I mean, they just, whatever reason, going back now, like I said, eight games, which is you play eight road games a year, so basically a year's worth of away games, they have been just trash on the road. Yeah, so that gives them a first and five at R47, so they're starting with excellent field position here. They go Adrian Peterson for four yards, Adrian Peterson for one yard, Adrian Peterson for seven yards. Alex Smith throws his first pass of the day on second and three from the 35 to Josh Doxson, who gets 12 yards. Peterson then runs for no gain. And then on second and 10 for the Dallas 23, they run a little screen play. Alex Smith finds Capri Bibbs, and he gets a touchdown. Um, whole drive took three minutes and 13 seconds. This would be the only offensive touchdown that the Redskins would score all day. Uh, Cowboys defense really stood up after this. But I think it was just like the combination of like field position and the shock of the Cowboys offense just being so ineffective and getting off the field so quickly. Um, it was it was just flat out terrible, flat out terrible. It was. It's not how you wanted to see start, especially with how this offense is on our side is played. You know, the defense. I can't blame them. This is once again they only gave up twenty points. If the Cowboys score, no, they gave up thirteen points. That's because, true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. The team. You're right. Right. So, but what's the stat now? If we had scored just 20 points in every game, we'd be six and one right now. There's yeah. yeah. Five and one. No, six and one. Six and one. Yeah. Technically, this would have gone to OT, but you get what I'm saying. Um, we we aren't asking the offense to do a whole lot. Like, no, the defense is not turning people over, but they are top five and yards allowed. They are top five and I think it's like average yards per play allowed. They are top, top five two in sacks. points against. Yeah, top two in points against. I mean, outside of takeaways, this defense has been just about as elite as you could get. Um, you don't like seeing opening score touchdown, but after that, they were pretty flawless the rest of the half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it's already 7-0. We're in a hole. The offense looked terrible. So they come back out to take over. Um, first play from scrimmage. Uh, Dak throws a pass to Michael Gallup, who com- gets a completion against Josh Norman. Um, Elliott goes around the right side, but uh, gets hit by DJ Swearinger and Jonathan Allen for minus one yard. And dude, Zeke was trying this game. He was getting hit in the backfield every single time. There was zero blocking going on. No, they didn't run block well, and they didn't pass block well. You no. know, Washington, this might have been the worst game I've seen from the Dallas Cowboys offensive line since that Atlanta game last year. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they just they got manhandled up front for the majority of this game. They had a lot of drive killers, and 
negative plays in the run game all day. They had a lot of it, like I said, Garrett calls negative plays in the passing game, whether that's penalties or sacks. I mean, they can almost be called the worst unit on the field today for for us. Yeah, agreed. I can agree with that. So, second and 11 of the Dallas 34, they run Zeke again. He gets one yard. Uh, third and 10, they get an encroachment penalty. So, it's now third and five at the 40. Dak hits Swaim for a four-yard gain. And then on fourth and one, Garrett decides to go for it here. I was okay with that. I, I was too. Um, goes with a quarterback sneak. Uh, Dak is pushing forward on the pile, and DJ Swearinger comes in and strips the ball and recovers it. So, unfortunately, uh, the Redskins take over uh, on the Dallas 45. Man, DJ Swearinger had a day. Yeah. I know he's on like his Jungle 13. Boy. Jungle Boy Swearinger. Uh, if you had known Mean Goat, what was it, three or four years ago when he came out? Never he was in college, yeah. I love uh, this kid. We won this kid bad. He went to the Texans, never really could make it one of those you're too small to be a linebacker but not good at coverage enough to be a safety kind of guys. More of a hybrid. Big hitter, though. Uh, but he had a day, I forgot on that first drive, that incompletion to Bryce was the one that he – Originally looked like Swearinger picked off, and then I think he was out of bounds. They didn't yeah, really he landed one foot inside in bounds, and then landed out of bounds with his head first because he was doing like a somersault to catch the ball. Right. Uh, so he almost had a pick on the first drive. Then he forces a fumble on a. I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback fumble a QB sneak like that, but you know, I, it was a freak occurrence. I don't really blame Dak or anything, but like, it's it's just it was just like this is one of those games where everything goes wrong for the first. 42 minutes like it's pretty awful so the Redskins do take over at the Dallas 45 pretty much the same position they had when they scored the touchdown before um they run Adrian Peterson on the first play from scrimmage for three yards um on second and seven they go deep to Davis uh but there's an offensive pass interference call on Josh Doxson second and 17 an incomplete pass third and 17 they get a pass over to Harris, who gets 10 yards. That brings up fourth and seven. They have to punt. So three plays, three yards, minute and a half. Defense just stood up, three and out. Pretty perfect there. I do want to mention that while I gave the defense props, this was a very wounded offense that they damn well should have taken advantage of. Uh, they were without their top two pass catchers in Jamison Crowder and Paul Richardson. Not that I think the world of those guys, but still, they are without their number one and two targets. Uh, their, their number two halfback or kind of their change of pace uh, receiving back, uh, Chris Thompson, he's really their best playmaker, probably on offense too, was out as well, meaning they had to lean on this Capri Bibbs kid for that role. So they were pretty wounded. I mean, we, we definitely – held our own against them, but you know, it wasn't, this is not a great offense by any means. No, for sure. Um, so Dallas gets the ball back on their own 15 Zeke for three yards. Then Dak hits Allen Hearns for six yards. Uh, then Elliot for two. Um, so now, D uh, Dallas is a first and 10 on the 26. Uh, Dak goes to Dalton Schultz for 12 yards. Zeke gets another negative one-yard run, blown up in the backfield. Uh, second and 11, Dak hits Beasley for five yards. And then on third and six, Dak scrambles left. He's pushed out of bounds after a five-yard run. So that brings up fourth and one at the Dallas 47. This time, Garrett doesn't risk it. 
He punts. You think if Dak didn't fumble in the last fourth and one, he goes for this? <sighs> Probably. Or do you think he just saw the defense get a three and out and, you know, Jason just sort of flies by the seat of his pants. was like, oh, D's playing well enough. It's so hard to tell, man. He seems to flip a coin on going for it. He goes for it at really weird times and not when you'd think it was. Because this was even higher. He went for it on his own 44. This was on their 47. Yeah. So we don't go for it there. We do punt. Um, So first and 10 from the Washington 20. Uh, Peterson around the right side stopped for a one-yard loss by Demarcus Lawrence. I'll say this, dude. Lawrence gets a lot of praise for his pass rushing ability. He is an excellent run stopper. He had three tackles for loss in this game. He blew up Adrian Peterson on a goal line run for a loss that would have that could have easily been a touchdown. Yeah, you know, Tank flashed again. You know, he didn't have any sacks, but you're right. He had three big tackles in the backfield, all for significant losses. Uh, the one you're talking about, we'll get to. Uh, on the goal line stop uh he had one pressure to i don't think he got a sack at all or even a hit but you know i tank's a beast man um i think yeah. his, his sack numbers have kind of depleted this may be three games in a row now without one that shoulders are still bothering him i think but well unfortunately for tank no one on this team really generates consistent pressure but him so yeah. you know it's kind of easy to yeah, you just watch for number ninety there. But anyway, Tank's a stud. I'm, I'm not worried about him. I just, I just want to point out that while I don't think anybody had a particularly great day, Tank probably had probably had the best day on this team. No, agreed. Um, so they they stuffed Peterson for a one yard loss. Second and eleven, they hit Jordan Reed for a sixteen yard gain. <clears throat> then right off the heels of that. Peterson gets a 16-yard run. Peterson had a had a day, man. He looked like young AP. Um, he did. You know, his final box score wasn't super impressive, but he extended a lot of drives. You know, that's also the chance, why the, yeah. the defense played great. You know, they played they played good enough to win. That's basically how I describe our defense. Because uh, AP was moving chains pretty well for most of the day. Between the 20s, they were fine, but the defense really shut them down in the red zone. Um so then Peterson, they run Peterson again. Uh, uh, Antoine Woods hits him for a four-yard loss. That was a great play. Um, Smith goes to Bibbs, but Sean Lee sniffs that out. No gain. Third and oh, four- sorry. Lee <laughs> also had a good game. So Sean Lee returned in this one, um, meaning Leighton Vander Esch went back to pretty much backup status. Um, you know, the linebackers were pretty much Sean and Jalen, and occasionally they had Damian Wilson in there a lot. I think they think he's a better cover guy. Um, yeah. Whenever Capri Bibbs was on the field, that's why if you saw a lot of Damian Wilson, I think that's kind of his role, Andy. He he guards the little scat backs. But, uh, you know, when LVE was out there, he was fine. You know, that's just – he's shown what he can do, but you're reminded when Sean Lee's back that we really did spend a first-rounder on an insurance policy. Yeah, and that's fine. Um it is great to have Sean back. He played amazing. He had two big splash plays in this game that we'll get to. Um, but it's and it's it is nice to know that we have Leighton on the on the bench if if need be. So um You'd like to have them all out there. I agree. I agree. So third and fourteen from the Washington forty seven. There's a false start on Jordan Reed. That brings up third and nineteen. <clears throat> Alex Smith scrambles for six yards. That brings up fourth and thirteen, and Washington punts again. Um, and then Dallas, uh, gets the ball on their own 16. They run Zeke for a one yard loss. Um, 
Dak then scrambles up the or throws a deep pass up the middle to Michael Gallup for 22 yards. Gallup was really showing himself this game, man. Um, getting consistent separation. Monster first half. Runs. Yeah, had a great first half. Um, I really think we're watching the slow development of him, but I think that he's going to be really, really good. Um, so 22-yard gain there. That gets us to the Dallas 37. Uh, Zeke runs for a yard. Dak hits Hearns for six yards, then scrambles for three. Uh, then Dak tries to go to Deontay Thompson, who drops the ball. I'm so fucking done with Deontay Thompson, man. I don't think you'll see him much now that we made the trade for Amari. I mean, we'll get into that, but he's clearly now probably the number four, probably five receiver. And then, like, when Tavon's back, like, he kind of fulfills that speed role, so you don't really need, like, a pure – because Deontay's, like, only thing is, like, a pure speed guy. Like, that's his real hook. So, Yeah. I don't think you're going to see much of him, and I'm I'm okay with that. He's going to be your kick returner, which is fine. But yeah, I'm totally cool with that. So uh, on second and ten, uh, Dak goes short to Zeke for six yards. However, Connor Williams throws a chop block here, gets a 15 yard penalty. Yeah, this one was pretty obvious. Uh, I don't know who was on the other side of that block, but even Romo commented on it. Who we had Tony again. Love Tony so much. but yeah, they basically one went high, Connor went low, and that's a big no no. Fifteen yards. Another drive. This is another. It's not even ten. Drive. It's fifteen and fifteen yards. Drive. Yeah. I even actually looked to Brent at this point, my brother-in-law, and said we should just fucking punt here. Yeah. There's no way I I would put the odds of us succeeding on second and twenty-five at about three percent. Just a, a dr- an absolute drive-killing penalty. So. Second and 25, Dak hits Beasley for six yards. And then on third and 19, Dak gets sacked for an eight-yard loss by Jonathan Allen. Um, fourth and 27, Dallas punts. So it's just been like punt, 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 punt. Both Eight defenses. play, 14 yards, five-minute drive there. Yeah. So we're now down to six and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Washington gets the ball back. They're still up seven to zero. Um Peterson runs for nine yards on the first play from scrimmage. Uh, Then another two yards. Now they have first and 10 on their own 45. Uh, Smith tries to throw a pass to Adrian Peterson. That gets, that goes incomplete. Peterson then goes around the left side for two yards, gets tackled by Vander Esch. Uh, And then Alex Smith actually fumbles the snap here, but just fell on it. Um, Mm -hmm. So they wasted down there. And then on fourth and eleven, they punt. Um, so this is we're now down to three minutes and forty six seconds left to go in the half. Dallas down seven zero, and Dallas takes back the ball over. So this would be kind of the highlight of the first half here. Um, so we start off on the Dallas seventeen with a Zeke run for four yards. Uh, then Dak finds Alan Hearns for twenty. Uh, then Dak does a little short pass to Zeke for two yards. That gets him to the two-minute warning. Dak then hits Beasley for seven yards. Um, that brings up third and one. They run Zeke. He gets it. And then on first and ten from the Washington 49, um, Michael Gallup just runs a be- – when I saw this on TV, I thought this was a broken coverage. But, it too. but this was just Michael Gallup running a straight-up beautiful double move and leaving this guy in the dust – um, goes 49 yards for the touchdown. Um, 
I mean, wide open. Wide, like 10 yards wide open. Um, and Gallup would run this same move again later in the game. It would work, but Dak got sacked before he could throw the ball. Um, but, man, this was a beautiful play. Like I said, I, I see Gallup, like, slowly. He's, like, getting better at uh, bringing the ball in in traffic. He made a very acrobatic catch last week, but he wasn't able to get his feet down. So he's just kind of slowly figuring it out. Um, he gets great separation. Uh, he does have some speed. Um, and, man, you know, not, beautiful route. You know, not a lot of rookie receivers have an immediate impact, you know. Uh, there, there, are, you know, certain guys. Tyree Kill certainly comes to mind. Uh, Mari Cooper, who we'll talk about, had a great rookie year. Calvin Ridley's having a pretty good splash year in Atlanta, but that's a lot of that due to Julio Jones. Um, however, he's he's doing enough that I think what Michael Gallup provides is hope for this offense. Yeah. Um, at least this receiving core. I mean, Beasley is who Beasley is. He's not, he's, he's a slot guy. You know, he's not, it's almost weird to call him receiver because he's always going to line up in the slot. He has a role. He's about to be 30. He's, he, he is what he is, but Gallup kind of gives you hope that someone on this team that's on this roster right now may, may be good in a couple of years. And yeah. I think that's exciting. I think next year you'll see Gallup have a very decent season, like a, a top tier T dub season in his second season. I think we could see Gallup go for like 700 yards, four, three or four to five touchdowns. Um, and I think it'll help. Now there's someone across from him that can take, you know, number one cornerback attention. Um, so the Redskins would get the ball back. Uh, they'd make a little bit of a drive down to the Dallas 39. They'd take some shots into the end zone, um, but they wouldn't make it. So they would end up, uh, ending on downs, the, the go into the half seven, seven. Um, and so despite just a totally abortive offensive attempt all the way through the first half, except for that one play by Michael Gallup, um, and a bunch of terrible penalties, the Cowboys are in this thing. It's a tie game. Yeah. Just to review that half Cowboys begin three and out fumble punt on seven plays punt on eight plays and a touchdown. So three punts and a turnover, but you do get a touchdown that was desperately needed, but still just a really ugly first half on the road by this team. Pretty terrible. So the Redskins do get the ball in the second half, um, and they go right to work. Uh, from their own 25, they run Peterson for nine yards, Peterson for five yards, Peterson for 23 yards, and they bring in Perrine, who runs for seven yards. And then on second and three at the Dallas 31, um, he gets stuffed in the backfield by Demarcus Lawrence for a five-yard loss. Um, unfortunately, on the next play, Alex Smith hits Jordan Reed for 27 yards. So they're now first and goal from the nine. Um, he gets an incompletion Ooh. to sprinkle. Alex Smith misses a wide-open touchdown on that throw. Yeah, he does. Uh, on second and goal from the nine, he hits Peterson, who gets tackled by Byron Jones at the one. So it's now third and goal from the one. Uh, and then Maybe this he looks is so good on this drive. He's making people yeah. miss all. He, he killed it. Um, and then on third and goal from the one, they run Peterson up the middle and Demarcus Lawrence just sheds a blocker bust straight through and hits Peterson in the backfield. Uh, Peterson, as he's falling to the ground, tries to like shovel pass it to Alex. Oh, Smith. I forgot about that. Falls on the ground so immediately because he doesn't want to die. Um, so he we was down anyway, but. Yeah, just real quick, what the hell was a veteran like AP thinking there? That would have been the worst possible way to turn the ball over. Like, I would have been mad if, for it. 
a rookie, like, I don't know. They definitely are talking to AP and being like, never fucking do that again. Yeah, that's like not a that's not a movie you want a high school kid or a college kid. Probably a top ten running back of all time, or at least in that conversation. That was bizarre. I mean, he had a great game, but I I was really surprised to see Adrian Peterson try that and he would have got his quarterback killed. I mean, oh yeah. He was down anyway. But anyway, we we forced field goal. I just had to bring that up. That was for sure. It was a bizarre play. So uh Cowboys defense holds him to a field goal. All things considered, I was definitely okay with that. Um, Dallas gets the ball back. So we got momentum, right? Cowboys right here. Here it comes. So Zeke for six yards on the first play. I like it. All right. Uh, Then Zeke for no gain on the second play. And then Dak tries to throw to Zeke, and it's incomplete. And we punt. (laughs) So three plays, six yards, minute 36 (laughs) off the clock. Sit. Redskins get the ball back. They run. Peterson for negative four yards. Antoine Woods and Jeff Heath come up to stop him. Then they hit a 15-yard pass to Josh Doxson. Uh, Peterson for two yards. And then Alex Smith was sacked for a three-yard loss by David Irving. This was a nice hit. Um, David Irving's such a weird cat, man. Like, we always mention him every game. And I realize when we do the pods and I do, like, you know, kind of our prep work for these, you know, right little things. I, he always shows up in the box score, but it always seems like David Irving's there for like two plays a game, and then you have no idea he's in the game otherwise. Yeah, but he is—he's a freak. Like Alex, but his Smith, two plays are awesome. Alex mm. Smith can run. Like, make no mistake, he's not like unathletic. He's not Eli. Like, he can—he can move a little bit. And David Irving just like chases him down and eats him from behind. Um, so that's excellent. Uh, then Alex Smith goes to Bibbs. For Is he the yards. freakiest athlete on our defense? He could he could very well be. He could very well be. Like, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, maybe Jalen at full health is up there, but David combination of size and athleticism is just unheard of. So, yeah, that's, that's insane. So, um, third and 11 on the Washington 38. Smith finds Bibbs for 10 yards. Sean Lee gets to him. And on fourth and one, they decide to go ahead and punt that away. Um, so Dallas gets the ball back on their own 11. On the first play from scrimmage, Dak is sacked for a six-yard loss. Sick. Dak throws a short pass to Jeff Swaim for four yards. Sick. Brings up Swaim offenses. And then uh, on third and 12, Dak uh, tries to hit Alan Hearns, who drops it. And we punt. So three plays, negative two yards. 143 off the clock. They held the ball for longer that time. Six seconds longer than the last drive. Ooh, so you're telling me we have four yards so far in yeah. this quarter. Andy, third, how many yards did we end up with in the third quarter? Four yards. A four-yard four quarter for an offense. Four total yards. So, uh Redskins get the ball back on their own 49-yard line. Peterson runs for 21 yards, um, but there's a holding penalty. So now it's first and 20 at the Washington 39. They hit Doxson for 15. Uh, They run Bibbs for 13. Um, And then first and 10 from the Dallas 33, they run Peterson for four yards, second and six. Peterson then busts out a 20-yard run. Uh... Then on first and so we're back in the red zone here. First and goal from the Dallas nine. Peterson runs to the right, gets stuffed in the backfield by Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, second and goal from the eleven. Smith scrambles for four yards, hit by Crawford. 
Third and goal from the seven, incomplete to Jordan Reed, and they force another field goal from inside the ten. It is now thirteen to seven. Um, Man, they've been, you know, the Texan game and this game, you know, they haven't been a great road defense as far as getting off the field that fast, but they've they've been a stout red zone defense. Oh, they stand up at the goal line, man. They do not give in easily on gun goal line stuff. So that's a that's a highlight for sure. Um, so Dallas gets the ball back here, four yards in the previous quarter. Um, twelve minutes left on the clock. Twelve minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's ten to thirteen. Um, so they run Zeke. Seven thirteen. Yeah, yeah. So they run uh, Zeke for six yards on the first play. Then they go deep to Alan Hearns for 33 yards. I like this. Play. I like this play a lot. lot. Then uh, because I guess Tavon Austin was injured, they just really needed to run the jet sweep, and so they pulled Jordan Lewis off the <laughs> bench to have him run it. He got seven yards, so I guess you know, it's fine. It's just weird. As I said, as much as we criticize the play calling and Scott, I won't. Okay, you know, find what you can. You you haven't moved the ball at all. I'm okay with bringing in a little gadget play. Um, Jordan Lewis is, is a fast guy. Yeah. So, okay. Seven yards. Yeah. So, uh, second and three from the Washington 29, uh, Dak tries to throw to Zeke and just flat out misses him. It's just a bad pass. Just sails over Zeke. Oh yeah. Um, and then on third and three, Dak is sacked. So fourth and three, Brett Maher comes out for a 47 yard field goal. Remember that number 47 yards. Uh, easily kicks it, drills it as usual. And so we have a uh, 10 to 13 game uh, with 9.46 to play in the fourth quarter. Uh, Washington gets the ball back. First plays an incomplete pass to Jordan Reed. Then they run Adrian Peterson for two yards. They throw a short pass to Bibbs for 10. Adrian Peterson runs to the right side, gets stopped after two yards by Leighton Vanderesh. Then a six-yard pass to Harris. Uh, Bibb tries to go around the right side, gets stopped for no gain by DeMarcus Lawrence. Tank just literally the whole right side was just shut down to the run. It was amazing. Um, So that brings up fourth and two from the 45. Uh, They decide to punt. So defense stands tall there. Um, So Dallas takes back over here. This one, man. It's lost to the game. This is the game-losing drive right here. It runs Zeke, six yards. Okay. Gets him to the 20. Try to go deep to Rico Gathers. Rico! There's your Rico sighting. On third and four, Dak throws a short pass over the middle to Beasley, who gets 16 yards. Connor Williams absolutely got there, whoever he was guarding, I think it was Preston (laughs) Smith, in a chokehold in order to keep him from getting to Dak, I guess. And we get a holding penalty here, which puts us on the 10. God damn it. That holding penalty changed the game. Third and 14. Connor holds again, but also lets the guy get by him by getting out of the hold. And the guy blasts Dak Prescott, who runs for his life but gets hit. And he's like, Kerrigan beats uh, Tyrone on this play, too. So your whole line gets blown Drops the ball. Preston Smith grabs the ball. Yeah, grabs the ball on the one-yard line and scores a touchdown. So your defense has given up 13 total points. They would give up no more. That was the end of 
offensive scoring for the Redskins. But yeah, the offense this- just felt like, man, after two three and outs and a pretty crappy field goal, we're going to go ahead and really stick it to our defense. So now it's 20 to 10. You've got four, pretty much five minutes, four minutes and 55 seconds to play in this game. Um, and, and you know, uh, I'll give this you, team credit because I thought this was over. Well, and that's completely. what I was going to say. Uh, if this team was nice to you, it'd be like, hey, at least the game's over. You can kind of make peace with it. But no. I was really ready for just a terrible Dak pick or another there fumble. There had to be a little more hope so that you could really be crushed by this. So Dallas takes back over the 26. And I'll give Dak this. Dak does not fold in crunch time. Like, he goes out there and plays hard the entire game to the whistle and is actually, like, pretty successful in these when he gets to do the hurry up offense and maybe it's because Linehan isn't calling the plays directly Dak looks a lot better so Dak comes out first and 10 for the 26 uh hits Jeff Swain for 17 yards they come up they hit Jeff they put a helmet into Jeff Swain's knee they injure him he's getting an MRI today really cool Washington um first and 10 from the 43 Dak goes incomplete to Gallup uh, second and 10 from the 43, Dak scrambles for 15 yards. Luckily, Lel Collins made sure to hold somebody on that play. Didn't need to, but made sure to hold somebody. Three penalties wiping out three first downs on this team. One from Collins, one from Tyrone. Dude, we're talking about 40 yards Williams. of rushing from Dak wiped out by holds. Like, 40 yards for Dak is a lot. Yeah, if Dak up- rushes for 40 yards, I think we're undefeated. Like... Yeah, we are, except this game, but coming in, yeah. Uh, the O-line was bad. They were really bad. There's no way to sugarcoat it. I think everyone outside of Martin pretty much got picked on for something. I mean, I didn't notice him. He could have as well, Andy. I didn't really study the full film breakdown, but, I mean, both your tackles had measly games. Connor Williams was beat all day, and this is a good D-line, but <laughs> this is what you get paid to do. This is supposed to be your – your number one unit. This is yeah. why I was supposed to all work. This is why I was supposed to be able to do wide receiver by committees and spend all this on a running back is because, well, the old line's great. So, very true. So, they get this penalty. It's now second and 20 at the Dallas 33. Uh, Dak gets it was incomplete to Dalton Schultz. It's third and 20. Uh, on third and 20, we hit Zeke for seven yards. And on fourth and 13, Dak goes short right to Blake Jarwin, who goes for 16 yards, and there's a defensive holding penalty on Josh Norman. Um, so we get a first down. Ben, um, my my play-by-play here skips the next, like, 39 yards of play. Yeah, mine does too. I don't know what that's about. So basically the way this gets to <laughs> is that we get to the one-yard line. Uh, Dak, keep. Uh, we snap the ball. Dak r- makes two reads. There's nothing there and dives into the end zone for a touchdown. So it's now 17 to 20. Um, You got three minutes and 15 seconds left to go. Oh, here's what they hit it in the next. For some reason, if you click into that. Okay. Weird. So, oh yeah. You know what happens. Dak scores. So, uh, Mar kicks off. Washington gets the ball on their own 25. They run Peterson for a one yard loss. Lawrence again. Dallas takes their first time out. Second and 11, they run Peterson for two yards. Sean Lee makes a stop. Uh, on third and nine, uh, 
Alex Smith has a wide open scrambling lane and is going to make the first down. And you see Sean Lee just recognize it and just start pumping like a locomotive gets over to the sideline and hits him out of bounds. He only gets six. It's fourth and three and Washington is forced to punt. So Dallas yeah, Sean Lee splash play for sure. I mean, he, he oh, runs yeah. about 30 yards to make this play. Uh, I thought this was bold of Washington. I mean, if you're them, just go ahead and run and make t- Dallas use their final timeout. But you know, they knew more than we did because they knew we were terrible at clock management and didn't matter. But I saw that was bold for them to try and go. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, I will so say Dallas- this too, Andy, that we didn't touch on is after the touchdown, you know, there's a lot of talk. Uh, it was past the two minute morning. Uh, should we onside kick? Should we not? I actually agree with the decision of Garrett to go deep there. I will say that. Uh, your defense had been playing really, really lights out. You know, go ahead and give them a chance to get you the ball back with good field position because the Lord knows if you get go for the onside kick and don't get it and force a three and out, there's no way your offense is going 70-plus yards. Agreed. So Dallas does get the ball back with 109 to play in the in the game. One timeout. Um, one timeout. And let me say this. The offensive Remember line that. was they had not playing. Remember that. The offensive line did not play well on this drive. Dak was having to throw it over guys that were in his face. He had dudes on him while he's throwing the ball. This is Dak Prescott making plays. Make no mistake. These last two drives. Dak Prescott on uh, first and 10 for the Dallas 36. It's incomplete to Schultz. Uh, second and 10. Uh, and these are both pressured by pain. So he's just got dudes all over him. Um, second play goes incomplete to Beasley. Third and ten. That's the one. I know he is pressured, but oh, that's the one he wants back. He had Beasley on this one for a big game. Third and ten from the Dallas 36. Dak hits a Beasley makes a man-sized catch here. Yeah, Uh, great play. 18-yard play. They their nickel corner gets hurt on this play. So they have no one to cover Beasley now. They're having a call cover Beasley. Had to call injury timeout too. Yeah, so they have to call a timeout. There are 52 seconds to play. Dallas is on the 46-yard line. Now, Brett's range has typically been, you know, we've seen him hit from 56. I would say he's probably comfortable 52, 53. They said it was really windy there. but Very windy, kicking off grass. You probably wanted to get this to feel good about it, to at least – at least the 30. Um, and even then, with all that wind, I guess what I'm getting at, Andy, is I think you want to get this as ever fucking close as possible. Yeah, yeah you get this as close as possible. You either go for the win, like a real football team, yeah, or you get it as close as possible so that if something terrible happens, like a penalty, <laughs> back five yards, it doesn't kill your game. So... It's first and ten of the Dallas forty six or at the Washington forty six. Fifty two seconds to play. Dak hits Beasley for nine yards. They run down. What were they doing here? Twenty four seconds off the clock because they they're going for the they're going for the tie because they're going for the tie. No, right here, right there. I yelled, "Use your timeout." I don't care that you got forty. You're at second and one. Burn the damn timeout with forty. Four seconds left and see what you can get. And if you have to or you get... You can clock it. 
Yes, you can still clock it. Get the first down and clock it on the next play. Like, man, this is why I'm mad. Kids in fucking Madden have been doing this for years. For years know how to run a one-minute drill at the end of a game. For years. And this team, this coach, I would really say this coach coached you out of it. After everything that's gone bad, two killer penalties, you have no takeaways, you have two bad giveaways. Your offense amassed four yards and a quarter of football. Your running game has been non-existent. You have had holds wipe out multiple first downs. And despite all that, you are in this game with a chance to win on the road in a division matchup, and your coach once again coaches you out of it. Yeah, so it's second and one at the Dallas 37. Dak finds Beasley for six yards. They review this catch. This review is important because what happened was during— It gives you lots of time. It gives you lots of time, and at this point, the Redskins realize the Cowboys are going to kick a field goal. At this point, Jay Gruden pulled an official aside and said, based on what his special teams coach had told him before the game, I want you to watch what Dallas's long snapper does with his hand. I think it's an illegal move. So it's first and 10 on the Redskins 31 with 12 seconds to go. Honestly, people bitched about that, but it's just good coaching, man. I don't care. It's grimy. It's a fucking I, I horrible call. It's a fucking I agree. horrible call. I agree, but you know what? I I don't blame Jay the Green there is what the I'm fact, saying. And the fact that the official who's 30 yards away from it makes that call and the dude who is in charge of watching the long snapper and is four yards away doesn't think it's illegal and that's the penalty is insane. Is fucking insane. And if you watch replays of every single snap that this dude's taken for 15 years he does the same motion he doesn't lift the ball off the ground he tips it forward the redskin snapper does the same fucking thing it's insane it's just the oh it's something that would it's exactly like that bryce butler penalty in the packers game definitely <laughs> hadn't been called since called. 1987 it's, it's like literally the only team that this would happen to is dallas there is no other team they would ever dare call this against. It is they pull out the fucking dust covered rule book for when the Dallas game goes on, and they're like, "Hmm, um, uh, women with sh skirts long, sh shorter than fifty seven <laughs> inches, uh, minus thirty seven yards, and you need to go to church immediately. Also, no colored people on each team. That's illegal. Like it's insane. It is insane. So yeah, you can tell how this ends." They run Zeke they to set up the ball. They call a timeout with three seconds left. They go out to kick the field goal. It's a 47-yard field goal. It's well within Brett's range. They call this horrendously bullshit false start penalty. It is hilariously wrong. Insanely stupid. And then we have to move it back and kick from 52. There's a ton of wind. Brett kicks. It's straight as an arrow. And then about 20 yards out, it starts to curl from the wind and it doinks off the upright. If this is a 47 yard field goal, it's a hundred percent in, but from 52, it hits the upright and the Cowboys lose the game. So between the shitty offense, the shittier offensive line, Jason Garrett and the referees, they managed to come together and figure out a creative way to lose this game. 
and it was truly a sight to behold. Yeah, I hear you on that, brother. I do. Uh, I'm not saying it wasn't a bullshit call. I was just so mad at the head coach that I didn't even have anything left for the ref. I mean, I'm not even convinced we go into overtime and win this, but you at least want to see it. I know that. I know. It's just I don't understand how you run two plays in 52 seconds with one timeout. I don't give a damn if that's the Giants did it last thing. night, too. Like, there's an Bro, epidemic they of said terrible Garrett, catching. Literally, I mean, on Jason Garrett, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, literally when this situation against – Green or San Francisco, you know, last Monday night, Andy. And do you remember what Rodgers did? With about 20 seconds, got three more plays off and got him inside the fucking 10 for a chip shot. Yeah. And Jason didn't want to help Brett out. Hell, he didn't even try to go for the win because he just does not trust this offense at all, nor does he really have it in him to even I mean, go for a win ever. I've said it. I'm going to keep saying it. Fire Jason Garrett. The man does not coach to win. He coaches to not lose, and there is a difference. And he didn't hurt. Now, yes, bullshit penalty. Brett probably makes the 47. Actually, it would have been a 42 because they jumped off sides. It should have been an offsides. He probably for sure hits a 42. He should still have hit a 50 fucking two, but whatever. This game just sucked, and your Cowboys fall to three and four. 0-4 on the road and have not amassed 20 points in any road game. So, in the wake of that, Jerry decides <laughs> it's time to... Skips out on the media. Just does not do a season. press conference and decides it's time to, to make a move. Um, so, many people know that right now the Oakland Raiders are a straight-up dumpster fire. Um, they're one of the worst teams in the league. They've sold off some of their cornerstone pieces... Uh, Khalil Mack at the beginning of the season, maybe the best defensive player in a generation. Uh, and it was announced, I mean, sometime last week that they were shopping Amari Cooper, who is their number one wide receiver, former Blitnikoff winner, former number four overall pick, uh, a guy that had two back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons to start his career, went to back-to-back Pro Bowls. Uh, and then as soon as Derek Carr really had his massive regression last year, uh, he really kind of fell off the map, too. He did have seven touchdowns, but only got 680 yards. Um, and then this year, he's kind of been hot and cold. He's had a couple hundred-yard games and then a couple total disappearing acts, uh, as well as an injury. Um, the Cowboys decided to pony up a first-round pick uh, for Amari Cooper, who will join the Cowboys today uh, at the Star in Frisco, and will have uh, almost two full weeks of practice uh, to – learn the system, get used to working with Dak before we play Tennessee. Um, so, Ben, I have a couple thoughts on this, then I'll let you do your get on your soapbox about it. Um, I know that a lot of people are really upset about this, and I was very upset about this myself. Um, it, it's definitely a massive overpayment. Um, First-round picks for wide receivers just don't tend to work out very well for the Cowboys. and For anybody, by no, the way. Sure, sure. But I'll say this: I'm 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 in the midst of trying to find the silver lining in this situation. So for one thing, we owe Amari 400k this year, and then 13.9 million next year for his fifth year option. The way I see it, we're pretty much getting this guy for two years for 14 million. If he plays like a top flight wide receiver, that's a great deal, money wise. Two. The Cowboys in the last 11 years have been excellent evaluators of first-round talent. Very, very good. 
they have one true miss in their last 11 drafts in the first round. Um, if their scouting department looked at this draft and decided that in the top 20 picks that they could not get a wide receiver that was as good as Amari Cooper, then this might end up being, and they know they're going to go for a wide receiver, which they probably were given the state of that core. This isn't the end of the world. I do think that Amari Cooper brings a couple tools to this team that they have desperately needed for some time now. Amari Cooper is an excellent route runner. He reads defenses very, very well for a wide receiver. He knows how to play against various coverages at a very high level. He gets excellent separation, which no Cowboy... We, we actually average the lowest separation of any wide receiver core in the NFL. He has very good straight line speed for his size. He's 6'1", he's 215. He runs a 4'4", 40-yard dash. So a fast guy who has burst and can cut really well. And he's got excellent, excellent catch radius. This dude, when you're watching Derek Carr start to throw worse and worse balls to him, he catches balls he kind of has no business catching. Um, now, there's been some complaints about his drops. Um, I definitely, when watching film on the guy, he definitely has plays where he's already trying to turn up field and get aggressive, and he kind of like lets that concentration drift and drop the ball before he has it fully in his hands. But I've also seen this dude make spectacular catches. Um, I think that on the Cowboys side of things, in a situation like we were in on Sunday, when you're like getting down into that 50 seconds left situation and people are like, hey, we got to take shots, we got to win. I'm sure there's a piece of Garrett and Linehan that's like, take a shot to who? Like, do you throw to, do you throw to Cole Beasley? Okay, like that's probably who they're going to cover, number one. This gives them a guy that, one, they feel like they can take risk a risk throwing a ball to. He can throw you can throw him something akin to a 50-50 ball and he can go up and get it for you. Two, this will force defenses to account for a legitimate perimeter threat. They're not just going to be able to bring every bring the house on Zeke every single time into the backfield. The safety isn't going to be flying at Zeke trying to kill him in the backfield because they're going to have to account for Amari Cooper. Um, so for all those reasons, I think that this is a definite upgrade at the wide receiver position. Is it expensive? Absolutely. Is it too expensive? Absolutely, as of right now. But I think time will tell. We'll have to see how the first-round receivers in next year's draft do before we make that judgment call. Because if they're all busts, I mean, you look at the wide receivers that have gone in the first round over the last five, six years, I would probably take Amari Cooper over a lot of them. I take Amari Cooper over John Ross and Laquan Treadwell and Josh Doxson and Rashad Perriman. And I mean, there's a lot of terrible high profile busts at the wide receiver position in the first round. And so if they think that based on what they know, Amari's going to be better than that. The dude's 24. He's young. He's got four years of NFL experience. He's only six months older than uh, Calvin Ridley. I think that's worth taking a shot on. So I understand why they made the decision. I think a lot of GMs wouldn't mind taking a bold risk like this, but they're worried about getting fired, and Jerry isn't going to fire himself. So he has the luxury of being able to take a risk like this. So there's my rant. Tell me why I'm stupid. <laughs> um, no, none of that's dumb. None of that's dumb. That's the positive side of it. I mean, you. I mean, there's two questions, and you answered both of them, so I'll just ask them rhetorically again. Is Amari Cooper the best receiver on this roster today? I say yeah. yeah. 
is what you paid to get Amari Cooper extremely overpriced. More than likely, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's really the two sale uh, sides of the coin there. You know, everything Andy said is correct. I don't like the move still. I, I get what you're saying. And if they don't like a receiver in the next year draft, my only counterpoint would be is they don't have to fucking take a receiver next year in the first round. You can still go spend money on a free agent who has yeah, proven you, him. You've, but you've seen the free agent market for next year. It's atrocious. The wide receivers that are going to be free agents next year. It's not terrible. If you thought all that, then don't cut Des Bryant. I'm not. Hey, I'm down to sign Des Bryant right now and have Gallup, Amari, and Des. This is how desperate your team looks. A couple months ago, you were saying, oh, we don't need a number one. We'll just go ahead and fire Des. Oh, we don't even need to spend high draft capital on a number one receiver, guys. We got this. We can spend it on a backup linebacker. We're good to go. Then, seven games into a season, which, to be honest, all percentages pretty much say you're not making the playoffs. Then you decide to go out and spend what right now would be the number nine overall pick on a guy you are paying $14 million to next year for one and a half years of control. I, I get it. He's the best player on this team or receiver on this team. That's the good. I just don't think it just reeks of desperation. It reeks sure. of desperation. I'll say this. And I, is Amari I'll, Cooper the missing piece on this team? More than likely, no, to me. No, but, okay, I'll say this. I take it as a little bit of a positive that at least this coaching staff in this move is admitting they were wrong. They are admitting that. About, about Dez or about the plan of bringing The wide this- receiver by committee, approach, the rotation, all that shit that we were fed all offseason about how this receiver core was going to work. It's that, been dog shit. It's been complete yeah, they're, dog shit. They're admitting, they're admitting publicly that that was not a good plan. And they've gone in a different direction. Now, will it pay off? I have no idea. How good would he have to be for it to like be viewed positively, net against a first round pick? I mean, like again, you're gonna have to see like who get who they would have, you know, who gets drafted, who's available at the position that they draft in, how those players do, etc. So it'll be a while. Um, if Amari can come in and play really well. I'll be honest, man. If this dude goes out there against Tennessee and has an 11 catch, 200 yard, two touchdown game like he had against Kansas City last year, I'm not going to be fucking pissed at the guy. I'm going to be pretty happy. I'm not. Look, I this is not a. I dislike the player or his ability. I just dislike how this organization has approached it. Hell, even if you made a first round, did it week one of this season, I would have said, okay, fine, cool. I just think it's bad timing and bad value. That being said, I am excited to see what Amari can do. Um, he Miami fits Northwestern that, kid, pretty tight. Yeah, he, I mean, he fits winner. He fits away, you know, the big – I want to give a couple of things he didn't touch on. He fits in a way that Dez didn't in the fact that Dez, Dez's game, everyone always said, never really complimented Dak. Dez doesn't generate a whole lot of separation, run a whole lot of routes. I still think that's because this coaching staff literally knows about four routes in the entire tree. But still, uh, you know, that's why we also don't get a lot of yak is because we don't do anything with our receivers to move them or hide them or get them in space. But fine, if we want to take down Dez, he was an imperfect fit. What Amari does do is Amari's a very clean route runner. Um, gets a lot of separation, and he's a little quicker than Dez. I mean, he's he's a cleaner runner. Now, he's not really a red zone guy. He's not a 
throw a jump fade to in the end zone guy. I mean, even in Oakland, they were throwing more of that to Jared Cook and Michael Crabtree. But, you know, he's he's a definite upgrade, and I appreciate that. I just, it, like I said, it's just timing for me. It just, it's just timing. and just I agree. Timing. I basically, like, I mean, we were texting about it when it went down. Like, I was super pissed. I still think it's a vast overpayment. At this point, my basic philosophy on it is, like, there's no undo button. So, oh, sorry. The, another one point I want to get to, in before we go, and I agree, there's no undo, is the positive I take from this that you didn't get into, at least for me, is I think this gives you your best shot of really evaluating Dak Prescott because yeah. he's going to finish this year, be under contract for one more year. He's going to be your starter next year. Um, and now with a legitimate number one, say what you will about Amari and his faults or his inconsistencies, whatever, he's a legitimate number one receiver. It at least gives you a chance to properly evaluate who is Dak. Is he good enough to win in this league? Is he a guy you want to spend money to? And if, he, um, if he's not, then in 2020 you sell the farm and you get to You don't re-sign Amari, then you don't. <laughs> no, you keep Amari, baby. And you bring in his Alabama bro, Tua, and you ball out. That's what you do. You you do what the Eagles did for Wentz. You sell the farm. You get Tua. You pair him up with his Alabama bro, Amari, and they go do work. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, if, if if this season goes up in flames, though, and you give gift-wrapped Oakland the number nine pick in the draft uh, for a guy who catches – 400 but yards. That's just not, I mean, games, I, I've heard people say that they're not going to get the number nine pick. We know they're going to end up being like eight and eight. Like, I know, they, but the, their last three games of the year are Indianapolis, Tampa, and the Giants. Like, they're at least skip winning six games and they'll fall ass backwards into two other. Have you games. seen that November schedule? Yes, I have, but trust me. I know. I know they're. Operate. I know they're going eight and eight. Fine. If you want to say nine, if you want me to say fifteen, yeah, the fifteenth okay. or sixteenth pick. Yeah, and Which that's we very haven't good. missed on, but fine. The fifteenth or sixteenth pick, and I'm not convinced that there's a wide. I I agree. I mean, I love Nikhil Harry. I've been high on that kid forever. There's a ton of first round busts at receiver, and there's a lot of big boards out there right now from good scouts that do not have a wide receiver in the best 25 players in the draft. So you'd be reaching for a receiver anyway. And, well, that's what you keep saying. I'm saying you still don't have to. I'm not saying there's a magic fix in free agency either, but I mean, I'm just saying you didn't draft, have to go in the first If you go into this draft, if you have your first round pick back with this wide receiver core and you go into this draft and you take anything but a receiver and then address the – a wide receiver position, I guess through free agency, despite their, I mean, Devonte Parker might be like the stud of the free agent class this coming year. That's even worse. That is worse than giving up a first round pick. I know. I'm just saying you have the option. If you have a disaster year, you can get, I don't know, a good quarterback too. There's a pipe dream. Uh, Quarterbacks look pretty bad in 2019 too, my man. I'm so dude. Okay, I'll say receiver. You can probably scout out. The, no one knows any year that's going to be a good quarterback or bad quarterback year. Okay, it, I'm just always saying, I don't see any quarterback I want to trust. I have there's no quarterback where I'm like, I will give the keys to the kingdom to Justin Herbert, the six foot <laughs> six Josh Allen of Oregon, who 
Yeah, he only puts up 180 yards passing in three picks a game whenever he plays a real defense, but he's so big. He's going to be the number one pick. Let the Giants take him, please. (sighs) Okay, you're not wrong. I just – I would have liked the flexibility in you still – the whole point of the salary cap era is pretty much that you have to have guys ball out on their rookie contracts to have any chance of – potential success and i you just lessen that is all sure sure i don't know man i'm i'm i mean i hate i hate that they had to give up first round for it it's it's definitely too much but i am stoked to, to see amari play and it'll be cool to have a good receiver again like the absence of des has definitely been felt we feel anemic on offense if he can go make some splash plays open up the offense a little bit take some pressure off zeke let him do some work take the pressure off Cole to be the only guy that can catch a ball. I mean, I'm definitely tired of watching balls hit Hearns in the chest and bounce to the ground or Deontay Thompson drop one like a bum. Tavon Austin's hurt. We're, I mean, we, yeah. So I'm, I'm despite what it took to get him there. I'm happy with the result. I'm happy to have Amari Cooper on the Cowboys. Okay. And you could be very right. I mean, I am too. Don't get me wrong. He's, this receiving core is so bad that his presence alone makes them at least somewhat respectable. It at least, and it gives Dak instead of us rolling out different snaps and we not knowing who in the one is, we at least know, hey, the guy we're going to design most of our pass plays to is over there. Yeah, and like like I said, man, if if this all goes to shit and you got to bring in a new coach, at least he's got a develop a, a rising Gallup, Cole Beasley, and. Amari Cooper to work with. That's not a terrible receiver core for the coming years on paper. So, well, I mean, you are right about the best receiver who's a free agent next year is probably Golden Tate. And then, I mean, he really probably is. After that, it's like, God, dude, I don't even want to read these names. I mean, it's like Devin Funches, John Brown, 37 year old Larry Fitzgerald, who's not leaving Arizona. Dante see, th- see, that's what I'm saying. These are bad. And you and you know what? We would end up giving oh, John Gordon's Brown. probably the biggest name in that entire. We would, we would end up giving John Brown $12 million to come be the number one in Dallas. And then I'd have to get on our Cowboys and read posts about how, like, he's a legit number one. Like, I did about fucking Alan Hearns. And if one more person I – don't, I, don't, I don't see him much hey. anymore – the Alan Hearns is a number one receiver crowd have gotten pretty quiet as of late. Yeah, can I just can we use this real quick for one last time for every listener out there who was a Des doubter? And I know several of you just just know there's a middle finger sticking up right now because you were the people that told me, well, I mean, look at Alan Hearns' production. You're telling me Des Bryant, I mean, he can give you basically what Des gives you. No, he can't. He can't. He didn't. Incorrect. He won't. Incorrect. Um, so, there you go. This. Who's a better football player right now? You can say Amari or Gaze. Des Ryan or Amari Cooper. <sighs> Not in their primes. I know. Right well, it, probably right now, Amari, because he's in the NFL. Um, it would also, I mean, yeah, probably Amari. I would like to see Des with a quality quarterback. And that's not a shot at Dak, but I would like to see him on a. I would like to see him at the OC that would utilize Dez as what he is. Sure. Um, 
But maybe Raider fans are saying that Amari, they've been up and down on the kid. I mean, he's regressed there. Cars regressed. The whole team, really. I mean, they were actually, if you go back and look in 2016, in the same spot we were, they were high on everybody on their entire roster. And they're like, man, Carr, Crabtree, and Cooper, we're going to be together forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, now there's a report today that, like, everyone on the team hates Derek Carr, fractured locker room, everyone's for sale. It's sad. So, and you know, Oakland's jumping up and down on how they fleece Dallas for a first round pick. But in the last 14 first round picks that Oakland's have, they have two pro bowlers. You know what their names are, Ben? Khalil Mack. And Amari Cooper. That's correct. So, <laughs> best of luck, Oakland. Best of luck. I'm not saying they're smart. Well, we agree. We're going to just keep talking circles. We both agree. Yeah, they got a great. They got a, if I was Amari Oakland, Cooper's a very good receiver. I would have taken that deal in a heartbeat if I was Oakland. Sure. And if you're definitely. Dallas, I don't think I would have done it, but I can see why they did it. And while not liking it, I can still go out and say I like Amari Cooper. But man, wait till his first drop because he does have a little bit of the dropsies and. Yeah. You're gonna see the Cowboy fandom lose their fucking mind. So, yeah, okay, man. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of all I had for this week. Do you have anything else before we get out of here? No, we do hit a bye week before going and playing Tennessee at home. I assume you better beat Tennessee. Golly, um, beat some people. What? They've beat some people. Marcus Mariota is really bad, man. Have I said that on this pod before? I, I don't know, but dude, that He's how really funny bad. is it looking back? People were like, which one of these generational talents will the Bucks pick? Will it be Jameis, totally not a sex offender, Winston, or Mary Goda, the most unbelievably talented Heisman winner of all time? And they are uh, both bums. Both of them. Yeah, pretty much. You got one who sexually assaults Uber drivers and throws four picks a game, and one who Honestly, he's a poor man's Dak, and I really mean that. <laughs> poor man's Dak. I really think Mariota's a poor man's Dak. Like, what does that even mean? Like, he doesn't have arms? Like, he <laughs> just runs the ball? Like, when It, it means team. take Dak Prescott's numbers that look pedestrian and then shrink them. Oh. <laughs> that's Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I remember, like, I was watching a game, like, week four or five, and they were like, that's Marcus Mariota's first touchdown pass of the year. And I was like, What? He was hurt for a little bit, which also add in some injury concerns. And there, that's Marcus Mariota. That's great. That's great. So, all right. So, yeah, guys, we do have a bye week next week. I guess we'll, I mean, we'll talk about it. We might come back with a little bye week update, see what's going on. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll, we'll come back. We'll preview the Titans game. We'll probably and- watch a bunch of like practice tape of Amari catching balls from Dak and be like, oh my God, he's so good. <laughs> oh, you. Yeah, I know you will. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I just, I just, I'm so fucking done with this team. I want depending anything. on when the mailman gets here, I'm gonna have five different Amari Cooper jerseys, starting with Miami Northwestern, going through Alabama, then didn't buy a Raiders one, but bought three different colors of his Cowboy jersey. So <laughs> cool, tight, super tight. You know what? Best of luck, Amari. Welcome to Dallas, bud. Hell yeah, man. Coop, get it done, baby. A lot of hopes are riding on you, man. So. Oh, so that is it for this week, guys. We will be back uh, either this coming week after the bye to update you guys on all that stuff. Uh, but we'll definitely be here to talk about uh, the Tennessee game in the in two weeks' time. Uh, as always, please like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on SoundCloud and or iTunes. And coming soon on Spotify 
for you young Ooh. kids. You know, the kids love the Spotify. Are we getting on that? We are getting on that. So oh, uh, we have to trade shit. a first round pick to get on the Spotify. Uh, shout out you guys. 200 listens in two days this last week. Uh, straight killing it. We love you guys. So we do love you guys. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for listening. As always, guys, reach out via Twitter or Facebook. If you have a question or you'd like to just holler at us, tell us we suck. Tell us we're good. Tell us we can do better. We always love to hear from the fans. As always, I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin T. Walker. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy.